Amen, amen, amen. Well, guys, happy Easter. It is Easter Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen, amen. Uh, well, guys, we're doing a special Easter series called uh, Dead Man Walking. We started this a few weeks ago, and it's a focus on resurrection stories in the Bible. And so we've been looking at these resurrection stories, uh, saying, hey, what can we learn from these? And this morning, the most important, the most famous resurrection story of all, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to be in Luke 24, uh, and here's what we want you to do. We would love for you, before we go too far, to uh, download our digital sermon notes. And there's an easy way you can do this. We're still using in these little smart devices. If you open up your camera app and you point it at this QR code on the screen, there's also some on the pews across from you or next to you. And if you'll just point your camera app there, it'll pop up a link and you'll click on that link. It'll open up our digital sermon notes. It has all the scripture I'm going to go through. It's got fill in the blank stuff that you can do. Uh, it literally has everything. Plus it has information about what's going on in our church life. So we would love for you to take a second and do that. While you do that, I'm going to pray for us, and then we will jump in. Father God, thank you again for allowing us to gather. Thank you uh, for your word, which we are about to dig into. Uh, Holy Spirit, we recognize that you are the teacher of this church. We recognize that Jesus has sent you to lead us, to guide us, to exalt him, that we might see him clearly. Holy Spirit, have your way with me. Have your way with us. Move and work in our midst that we might see the importance of of the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Uh, well, guys, I'm going to be in Luke 24, and we're actually covering the entire chapter in about 22 minutes, okay? So if you're ready for that, let's see if that's even I think I have 27 slides in 22 minutes. We're going to do our very best to get through this. Uh, but I'm going to do a little summarization. And so Luke 24 kind of opens with some of the, the women who are followers of Jesus going to the tomb, and they're bringing spices. And we're not exactly sure why they're bringing spices. I mean, I think uh, like, like the burial of Jesus was rushed on Friday. You remember that, that Jesus died. He took his last breath. The sky turned black. They pierced his side with a spear. His heart had stopped bleeding, so blood and water uh, came out separately, and, uh, and, and then they pull him down on, off of the cross. Uh, very quickly, Joseph of Arimathea kind of prepares his body, sticks him in, in, in his own tomb, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, and, and, and then they seal it. Well, later that, we, we, we find out that the tomb is sealed, right? So the women are actually going to a sealed tomb, like they're going to do something, not sure what that means, but they've got expectations, but they show up, and when they get there, the stone has been rolled away, and, and there is no body there at all, uh, and, and they're kind of like freaking out, and then all of a sudden, if that wasn't enough, two angels of the Lord show up, and they're like, ah, and they kind of freak out, and, and so they have this interaction, here's what the angels of the Lord say to them in uh, verse 5 through 8, it says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Uh, he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, it is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Now, uh, second scene of the resurrection story in the book of Luke is that then we kind of fast forward. So the ladies are going to run back to Jerusalem, and they're going to tell the 11 disciples. Remember, there's only 11 now uh, because of Judas. And so there's 11 disciples. Tell the 11 disciples, like, hey, uh, the, the tomb was empty. These angels appeared to us. So this is what they said. They said that our Lord is risen. So the disciples then run to the tomb. Well, I think some of them walk, but Peter runs to the tomb, finds the empty tombs, like, whoa! And that's kind of where Luke then changes scenes. 
Second scene, we, we find some disciples of Jesus walking on the road to Emmaus. And on their way, all of a sudden, Jesus appears to them, but he's kind of concealing his identity. Uh, somehow, your resurrection body I, has a cloaking mode. I don't know. I'm ready for it. I think it'll be cool. And, and so, uh, he, he's kind of not letting them know his identity yet. They're walking along. And get this, they have already heard from the 11 disciples that the tomb was empty. So they're talking about these things and pondering these things. And they're even saying, man, we had such hope in Jesus that he was going to deliver us. And then he died, but now he's not dead. What do you think it means? And then Jesus himself says to them these words, Luke 24, 25 through 27. He said to them, how foolish are you? And how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And, and the, the scripture says that their hearts burned as he did this, right? Now, uh, after this, Jesus reveals himself to them. They realize it's Jesus. And then guess what? He disappears, so, so the, the disciples were cutting to scene three now of Luke 24. The disciples that were on the road to Emmaus that saw Jesus now in person, first ones to see him, now run back to Jerusalem to the eleven who are still hiding behind closed doors. And they're like, dude, we saw it. Right? Like, we know you saw the empty tomb. We've seen the risen Lord. Like, we have seen Him in person. He's alive. While they're telling them this, Jesus shows up behind closed doors. Like, walks through the walls. Like, what? I'm here. And they're going, whoa. And he goes, you, they're like, it's a ghost. He walked through the walls. And he's like, I'm not a ghost. Touch my hands. Touch my side. Give me something to eat, man. I haven't eaten in a while, right? And so, so then they're like, whoa, it really, really is Jesus. And then he then says, says some more things to them. And this is what he says to the disciples in Jerusalem, verse 44 through 47. He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written down about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And so when we look at Luke 24 and we talk about the most important resurrection story of all, we talk about what can we learn from it, there's, there's, there's things that we need to look for as we study the Bible, right? And, and so uh, New Testament Greek, Old Testament Hebrew, those languages didn't have uh, exclamation marks. They didn't have punctuation. There's no way to highlight things like we, we do today. And so what they would do is they would do one of two things. Either they would use very unique words, uh, like in some places in the New Testament, there's a word and it only appears one time in all of the Bible. And that's a, that's a cue for you like, whoa, never seen that before, right? Other times they would repeat words. And that's what Luke does here. Luke actually repeats a word about the resurrection of Jesus and he repeats it three times. So first, the angels of the Lord appear to the ladies and they quote Jesus from a time back in Galilee when he says it was necessary. Then Jesus appears to the, to the disciples on the road to Emmaus and he says it, it, it was necessary that I die and I was raised again. And then later he'll appear to the disciples behind closed doors and he says this must happen, same word in Greek, it's necessary that I died and I rose again. Interesting, by the way, God in his foreknowledge, do you know how to pronounce the Greek word for necessary? Die. It was necessary that Jesus die and rose again. So I want to tell you why that was necessary this morning as we unpack the resurrection of Jesus. Three things, guys, I'm going to move quick. But here's the first reason it was necessary that Jesus uh, died and rose again. It, the death and resurrection 
uh, of Jesus were necessary, were a necessary part of God's plan so that we could be saved. Let me say that again. Jesus' death and resurrection were a necessary part of God's plan so that we could be saved. So that we could be saved. And, and again, this is what Jesus said in verse 7. He said it. His words, not mine. Uh, it's necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. Okay, so Jesus said, it was necessary that I be crucified. Now, why is that? Well, the story of the Bible as a whole, and we just finished this, by the way, in the book of Romans. Uh, we, did, we did kind of the Roman road. And what you learn when you study the book of Romans is you kind of get a glimpse of all of Scripture. It begins in Genesis that God made everything, including us, that He gave us everything that we need, and He gave us good rules to live by. And because of that, we're accountable to Him. We owe Him, right? So God made us. We, we owe Him. We're accountable to Him. But then very early on, we, we learn that that even though God gave us everything, gave us good rules to live by that we owe Him, we reject Him, right? We've all sinned, and, and we've rejected God. And, and then it gets worse from that, because the next step is we learn that because of our rejection, and because of God's holiness, we can no longer be in the presence of God. And if you can't be in the presence of God, you don't get the life of God, which is why the Bible declares that the wages of sin is death, because you can't be in God's presence. If you're not in His presence, you will die. That's what God meant when He said, if you eat of this tree, you'll die. You can't be with me anymore. But then the good news comes in. And the good news is that because God is gracious, He sends Jesus to die in our place. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Someone had to die. God loves you so much that He chose to allow His Son to die in your place. This is the story of the Bible. And so I, I want to tell you this morning, first and foremost, that the death of Jesus was necessary so that you could be forgiven by God and you could be saved, so that you could become a child of God. That's, that's where the whole story begins. That's, that's why we stand in a... That's why we still celebrate uh, Good Friday and why we celebrate Easter Sunday. So that's the first thing I want you... It's the first reason it's necessary. Here's the second reason, okay? The second reason. Jesus' death and resurrection were also necessary so that we would know all of God's promises are true. Jesus' death and resurrection were necessary so we would know that all of God's promises were true. All of them, right? And, and so, same thing. Uh, this is verse 7 again. I'm going to add a little bit to the, to the part I highlighted here. It says, it's necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, we just looked at that, but the, the rest of that says, and rise on the third day. And rise on the third day. Now, maybe you didn't catch that when you read that. Our church is doing a Bible reading plan. You can join us on our website, fbcelkin.org. Click on a tab that says D Groups. It's got a free Bible reading plan. We just finished the book of Luke today. We start a new book tomorrow. It's one chapter a day. Join us. We do, we do five days a week, so you've got cheat days in there. It's kind of like a good diet, uh, and, uh, and it's good for you. It's good for you. And so uh, I had a cheat day yesterday. I ate so much lemon cake that Cassie Curleen made. Uh, my father-in-law retired, and dude, I packed it on. I think I ate a quarter of a cake. I'm not going to lie. Um, does it show? Um, all right, so listen. Listen, this is a big deal. He says, it's necessary that, that I rose again. So it's not just necessary that Jesus died. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian, that's what I've always thought. 
Well, well, Jesus had to die for my sin, but guess what? He also had to rise again. And then the scripture tells us why he had to rise again. And so contextually, this is what it says in verse 26 through 27. He says, wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things, to enter into his glory? And listen to the attachment. It says, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. So Jesus attaches his resurrection to what the scripture said was going to happen. He does it again when he appears to the disciples behind closed doors in verse 44. He says, he told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, in the prophets, in the Psalms, it must be, that's, that's, it was necessary that it's fulfilled, and then he opened their minds to understand it all. So Jesus says, listen, I had to rise again so that you guys would know that God keeps his promises. Right? That you would know that God keeps his promises. What, what he's doing, guys, he's pointing to all the prophecies that talked about it. And I wish I had enough time here on Easter Sunday to go over every prophecy. Uh, Jacob read uh, earlier from, from uh, Isaiah 53, and, and so uh, I'll, I'll pick up there. Uh, I'll just share a few with you. Isaiah 53, 7, it says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to slaughter. Like a, a sheep is silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. Right? Uh, Psalm 22, 16 says, For dogs have surrounded me, a gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierce my hands and my, my feet. And I just wonder, is, is that one of the scriptures that Jesus is expounding on? He's going, hey, don't you remember what Psalm 22 says? Uh, Isaiah 50, verse 6, it says, I gave my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and, and spitting. And, and listen, there are countless others that we could point out. And so the question is, and what, what, why, what does that have to do with us, right? Well, here's what it has to do with us, ready? You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, uh, after Jesus had done all the Jesus stuff, I mean, he, he had shown himself to be the Son of God. Uh, here they are at the end of his life, and they're going, we still don't believe you. Give us, give us one more sign. Give us proof that you really are who the Bible says you are. And this is what Jesus says to them, ready? This is huge, because this is, this is Jesus saying, here's the only sign you'll get. Matthew 12, 39, he says, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign. No sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of a huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Jesus says, you want proof that the Bible is true. You want proof that God keeps His promises. That's what prophecy is. That's God promising a Savior. That's God saying, hey, you've got a problem, but I'm going to be the solution, right? The Bible, over. If you want to know that God keeps His promises, Jesus says, then go to the tomb on Sunday. Then go to the tomb on Sunday. And the stone is rolled away, and there is nobody there, and Jesus is alive. And that is proof that God keeps His Word. And what does that mean for you? That means that every promise of God is true for us. That means that when we read something like Romans 10.13, when it says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will, will be saved, means we can take that to the bank, right? We can take that to the bank. It means that when we hear Jesus say in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. I believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, surely I'll come back and take you to be with me where I am. That we can trust in that one too. And yes, it means that when Jesus says to his disciples, 
When he says to his disciples in Luke 18, 29 through 30, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left a house, wife, brothers, sisters, parents, or children because of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more at this time an eternal life in the age to come, that that is true also, that we will be rewarded for our endurance in faith. Isn't that good? The death and resurrection of Jesus was necessary so that we would know that all of God's promises are true. All of them. One last thing. Last reason I believe the death of Jesus is necessary. Jesus' death and resurrection were necessary so that we could receive the Holy Spirit and be empowered to share the gospel. Say that again. Jesus' death and resurrection were necessary so that we could receive the Holy Spirit and be empowered to share the gospel. And I want to look again at verse 26, Jesus speaking. He says, wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things? And he says, and enter into his glory, which is weird. It's just weird. It's a little weird because Jesus is saying those things. And in our mind, he ain't in heaven yet, right? Anybody else think that? Like, wait a second, what do you mean enter into his glory? What does that mean? Well, here's what it means, right? Philippians chapter 2 tells us that Jesus set aside His glory while here on earth. That He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but He literally, He made Himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, right? And, and to the point of death on a cross. That's Philippians 2. And so listen, resurrection, Jesus takes back up His equality with God. He takes back up his rightful place. What's his rightful place? Right hand of the Father. It's his rightful place. And, and, and so listen, most scholars believe that's exactly what this is a reference to. Jesus is about to ascend to his rightful place. He's already in his glory. People that see him are like, whoo! I mean, it's like the mountain of transfiguration when Peter's like, oh Lord, it's good to be here. Let's build three tents and hang out. I mean, that's who Jesus is now uh, in his resurrection form. And it's good to be in his presence. And so listen, if that's referring to where Jesus is going and His rightful rule at the right hand of the Father, then we have to attach some Scripture to that. And what does Jesus say about going to the right hand of the Father? That this, is, this is why that's necessary. He tells His disciples in John 16, He says, Nevertheless, I'm telling you the truth. It's for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send Him to you. So listen, this had to happen. The resurrection had to happen. So that the ascension could happen. The ascension had to happen so that the descension of the Spirit could happen. So that, listen, and, and Jesus says all that's better. He said, what could be better than Jesus with me? Ready? Jesus in you. The hope of glory. That's what could be better. Jesus said, I've got to go to the right hand of the Father to send the Spirit to live in you. And that's much better. And this is how he puts all this together. Luke 24, 46 through 47. He says, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. You say, well, who does that? Well, Acts 1.8 says we do that. It says when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we, we're empowered to literally go and make witnesses. We actually have a job to do. And so what you're doing this morning is huge. It's huge that you show up and that you worship together. It's huge that you go out and you tell people, man, I had a great Easter service. It's huge that you say, man, God is working in my life. It's huge that you read the Word of God on a regular basis and you pray and that you love your neighbor well because the world needs to know that the kingdom of God has come 
and hear me, that Jesus the King is coming back. It's what the world needs to know. And, and the, the Holy Spirit, listen, Jesus, the resurrection happened so that you could have the power to do that. So I say to you, in love, what are you waiting on? How many people feel ill-equipped? Come on. Feel a little ill-equipped sometimes. Like, I don't know if I know enough. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you have a story? H- has God changed your life? If God's changed your life, you've got something to say. You, you, may not, you may not preach everything, but you might just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to preach you my life. I don't know about you, but I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. I was a wreck and now I'm not. Well, I still am, but I'm a, I'm a wreck in progress. I'm a wreck with a plan. I'm a construction zone now. I'm excited about it. Watch this sucker go. So what do we do when we realize that it was necessary for Jesus to die and to rise again? What do we do with that? All right? So I'll give you a little homework. All right? Um, first is, is just that. I want you to realize the necessity of it. Realize the necessity. I, I don't know about you. I've read Luke 24 before. Uh, anybody else pick, on the, pick up on the necessary thing happening three times? Anybody else uh, before this morning? Somebody, somebody's like, yep, I read it. I got that, Pastor. You're an idiot. Uh, I'm just telling you, this year was the first time reading Luke 24 that God was like, necessary, necessary, necessary. And I was like, whoa. And I looked up the Greek word, and necessary means die. Well, that's how you say it, at least. I was like, wow. Why was it necessary? It was necessary so that I could be saved, right? I mean, absolutely. It, it, it was necessary so that I could serve, so that I could, I could build the kingdom, right? And it was necessary that I could know that every promise of God is true for me. It's necessary. All right, so that's step one. Step two, man, I, I think this text, I think the story of Jesus' resurrection calls us to receive Him as Lord. Right? To receive Jesus as Lord. And listen, if you're here and you haven't done that yet, the promise of God is for you. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You may come in, say, it's Easter Sunday. I don't feel worthy. I feel too dirty. Well, guess what? Join the club. We a dirty group. We are. I don't know what you think of Christians. You may look at them and go, man, they have their whole life together. No, that is what you see on Instagram. All of us are messed up. All of us. We just, like the rest of the world, like people to see the good stuff. Here, we try to talk about the bad stuff. We are a wreck in progress. We're a hospital for sick people to get well. And guess what? If you're sick, that's why Jesus came. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, I came to seek and save the lost, right? He tells others, it's not the healthy that need a doctor, So that's why Jesus came. And if you have never received Jesus, I want you to know you could do that today. It's as simple as understanding that He is who the Bible says He is. That He wants a place in your life where He he reigns over everything that you do. And so you're going to submit control to Him. He's going to help guide you in your life. And the Bible says that in doing that, that you receive all of His glory. You, you, you get it all. You become a son of God. And yes, that's for women too. That means you've got airship. That means you've got full rights in the kingdom. right? And so those things happen. Today could be that day. You just cry out to Him, Lord, save me. I don't even know everything I'm doing, but I know my life is a wreck. Would you come into my life and fill this gaping hole? He will do that for you today. Last thing I, I, would, I would challenge you with is that we need to live a resurrected life and tell others about Jesus. I think the number one problem in the church today 
uh, is, is not, I mean, listen, we got COVID stuff, so there's the lack of gathering and safety and all that, and, and, and we're not mad at anybody for choosing to do what's safe. You notice we're still wearing masks in here. I know some of you are like, it is uncomfortable, plus it's a little warm right now. I'm just saying, you guys are probably sweating behind there. I hope, ladies, the makeup is still good when we're all said and done, okay? It's okay. If not, Jesus is still alive, so it's good. Right? I have good news for you. Jesus is, is alive, and that's better than your makeup issues. So, uh, it, listen, it's, it's okay. Um, we've done all this to keep people safe. I, I told somebody earlier, um, praise God, to our knowledge, no one has transmitted uh, COVID within a worship service here. And, I, I, I know, and we're, we're, we're really close to that point. We think very soon we'll have enough people vaccinated that we don't have to worry about all of the restrictions that we've been going through, uh, I want to encourage you, please be a part of that. I got my first shot last Saturday, and so I'm, I'm ready. I'm waiting for that because I, I, I want to be able to do all of the things that we long to do together. Um, but here's what I want to tell you. I think the biggest problem in the church, guys, is not our uh, Bible knowledge. I, I, I don't think it's our, our giving. I, don't think, I think the biggest problem in the church is our telling. Is our telling. We do not share Jesus the way that God intends us to do. I mean, it's literally like the last thing he says before he goes to heaven. Jesus is like, now no, you guys, you have everything you need. Go make disciples. Go do it. I don't think we do a good job of it. And if you're here and you're one of those people going, I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. We have printed these for you. Uh, they're just a tool. Uh, it's a little bookmark you can put in your Bible. We have them up at the front. Uh, this is how you could share the gospel with somebody. The Romans wrote, I, I don't even care if you hand it to them. I'll print more. Be like, I don't know, here's a bookmark. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to count it. I'm going to count it. Jesus rose again so that we could do this and we could do it well. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us this morning. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word, which is good. Help us be the people you intend us to be. Uh, Lord Jesus, help us be the people you intend us to be. Today, God, let it be different. I don't know where everybody is. I don't know what everybody's been through. But I pray today is different because we have gathered to worship our risen Savior. Change us for that reason. In Jesus' name, we pray all of these things. God's people said, Amen. Amen.